Welcome, everybody, to Tokens of Wisdom. I'm your host, Dave Rothschild, a partner at Cole Freeman & Mallon, a boutique law firm based in San Francisco with one of the leading private fund practices on the West Coast. Before we dive into the episode, like always, please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the show. Nothing I say here is legal investment or tax advice. Well, with 2023 fast approaching, I want to take a few minutes here to summarize the most interesting developments in the digital asset and private fund regulatory world from 2022. Cole Freeman and Mallon also puts out a more complete end-of-year update on our blog, hedgefundlawblog.com. So check that out for a more fulsome year-end rundown. As you know, here on Tokens of Wisdom, we like to keep it short and sweet, so I'm just going to highlight a few important developments from 2022 and then give you a couple quick reminders about year-end or early 23 items. So without further ado, here we go. Dave's biggest stories of 2022 for fund managers and for digital asset fund managers specifically. Well, not surprisingly, the number one biggest story of 2022 was blow-ups. Coming off historic price highs at the end of 2021, few managers I've spoken to were prepared for the precipitous decline we experienced over the last 12 months. Let's illustrate with Bitcoin prices. On November 9th, 2021, Bitcoin had a market capitalization of $1.28 trillion. That's trillion with a T. That's about 13 months ago. As of my recording time right now on December 14th, that market capitalization is hovering around $345 billion. For those of you like me who are not good at math, I am a lawyer after all, think of late 2021 Bitcoin as a whole delicious homemade pecan pie. You bring it out of the oven, you let it cool down a bit, and then you eat half of it in one sitting. It's so delicious, you just can't put it down, so you eat half of the remaining half. What you have left is Bitcoin today. It's disappointing, it gives you a stomach ache, but man, are you ever craving more. So let's hit in real quick lightning round fashion some of the biggest news stories that contributed to what we see today in the digital asset market. Back in May, one of the largest stable coins, Terra USD, lost its dollar peg and spiraled down hard from there. Shortly thereafter, its sister coin, Luna, tanked like the Yankees in the 2004 ALCS. High-profile household names in crypto started imploding one after another, and then things got a little less crazy over the summer. Sure, prices were still way down from their 2021 peaks, but the price valley seemed almost stabilized. And then, just as it felt like we might be turning a corner, we have Sam Bankman-Fried and the FTX earthquake and all the contagion that followed and that continues to follow. Nobody knows what 2023 will bring, but here's hoping it's better than what we saw in 2022. Number two biggest story of 2022, in my view, is digital asset insider trading cases. There was one against an open employee that was brought in early June, and it was the first digital asset insider trading prosecution we've ever seen. The FBI indicted an employee for what looked allegedly like classic insider trading. The employee knew in advance what NFTs would be featured on OpenSea's homepage. Traditionally, the price of these assets grows precipitously once they're featured on the site. That info was confidential. The employee owed a duty to his employer, OpenSea, to keep that information confidential. Instead, the employee used that information to buy the to-be-featured NFTs before they were listed so he could sell them at a profit once they were featured on the site. What made this case interesting to me, aside from being the first digital asset insider trading prosecution, was that the FBI did not bring charges under Section 10B of the Security Securities Exchange Act. For those of you not in the know, that's the classic law that prohibits insider trading. Instead, he was accused of money laundering and wire fraud. Not coincidentally, these are two crimes that might be a little bit easier to prove in the context of digital assets, because unlike Section 10B of the Securities Exchange Act, wire fraud and money laundering do not require that the underlying assets are securities. For a while, it looked like federal prosecutors had found a clever way around a potential defense, anticipating that the defendant would argue these assets weren't securities 
days, and therefore he could not have violated Section 10B of the Exchange Act. It seemed to signal that prosecutors were going to come after fraud wherever they could find it, but they're not particularly eager for a fight over defining these assets. Well, that genius conclusion lasted all of six weeks until the SEC brought a traditional insider trading, yes, 10B of the Exchange Act, action against a Coinbase employee on very similar facts. Here's a direct quote from the SEC's director of the Division of Enforcement. We are not concerned with labels, but rather the economic realities of an offering. In this case, those realities affirm that a number of the crypto assets at issue were securities, and as alleged, the defendants engaged in typical insider trading ahead of their listing on Coinbase. End quotation. I think this illustrates that the SEC is clearly getting bolder and coming after assets it thinks are securities. It is not backing down from that fight. I also think that the recent blowups might make the SEC even bolder in 2023. Be on the lookout for that. Number three biggest story of 2022 is the CFTC's action against UkiDAO. To give you a little background, in September, the CFTC settled charges against a blockchain protocol called B0X and two of its founders. They were accused of offering illegal off-exchange tokenized margin trading and lending services. Basically, they acted as a futures commission merchant, but they didn't register as a futures commission merchant, FCM. None of that is surprising. In many ways, it's similar to actions the CFTC has brought against other participants in the digital asset industry. What is surprising is the concurrent civil action they brought. See, sometime in 2021, B0 transferred control of its protocol to a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, the Uki DAO specifically. The CFTC alleges that the DAO itself committed the same violations as B0X, running an unregistered FCM, and that every Uki Dow governance token holder that voted is potentially liable. Now, this has brought some novel procedural law issues about how to properly serve a decentralized organization. There's going to be lots for courts to unpack and plenty more to say about this particular case. But it highlights a risk that CFM talked about in its half-year update from July 2022. And I quote, Operating, participating in, or investing in DAOs carries a heightened risk of liability, as DAOs formed for the purpose of making a profit could be deemed general partnerships and therefore expose their participants to unlimited joint and several liability. If you're going to invest in DAOs, wrap them in a liability blocker. We'll talk more about this on a future episode. Number four biggest story of 2022 is the SEC's new marketing rule. Mmm, fascinating stuff. All SEC registered investment advisors now need to comply with the new marketing rule. And there are a million different pieces and provisions of this rule that might be relevant to a given fund manager's business. At some point, we'll do an episode taking a more detailed look at what changed in this new marketing rule. But for now, I want to highlight that marketing activities have historically and will continue to be a focus of SEC investigations and enforcement actions. And in my experience, fund managers especially do not always appreciate the nuance and detail that goes into reviewing their marketing documents. To underscore that point, this year, the SEC Institute an enforcement action against a venture capital fund advisor and its CEO for, among other things, misrepresenting their management fees as, quote, industry standard 2 and 20, unquote, in marketing materials. In reality... This manager collected 10 years of management fees up front, meaning investors paid 20% of their total investment up front rather than the 2% per year that industry standard would apply. Now, like I said, there were other violations alleged here, but in total, this advisor and its founder repaid $4.7 million in fees to their fund and paid $800,000 in total penalties. This underscores the importance of having legal or compliance review all of your marketing materials. It is an area rife for footfalls, and while it may seem mundane to you, you you do not want to find yourself on the receiving end of an SEC enforcement action. 
Well, now that you have my take on the biggest stories of 2022, let's take a look at a few upcoming compliance and other deadlines and a handful of other periodic reminders that every manager should keep in mind at the end of the year. So periodic reminders. Every year, fund managers should perform bad actor certifications, and end of year is a good time to do this. Registered investment advisors need to review their compliance policies and procedures. You need to confirm the new issue eligibility status of your investors. Most managers send out a negative consent to reconfirm this. You should look at your Form D and Blue Sky filings and make sure that you're current on all amendments. CPO and CTA annual questionnaires have to be submitted annually. And for California registered investment advisors, you have to file your net worth reports with the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation or whatever newfangled name that agency has these days. As far as deadlines coming up, there's one that actually just passed on December 12th. That was the deadline for making your annual renewal payments for your FINRA account. This is the account through which you submit your ADV amendments in the new year and making sure that your account is current and funded is important before the end of the year. Otherwise, you might have your registration or exemption booted for failure to fund. Make sure you do that before the end of the year if you file a form ADV. December 31st is a good time to review your regulatory assets under management to determine whether you have a 2022 form PF filing requirement and to look ahead to your investment advisor registration or exemption obligations for the new year. January 10th in 2023 is the deadline for making the quarterly 13H filing if anything changed during the quarter. So if you're a 13H filer, make sure you submit that filing by January 10th. And finally, January 15th, 2023, the quarterly form PF is due for large liquidity fund advisors. Be sure to check out the more fulsome compliance calendar at the end of Cole Freeman and Mallon's end of year update available at the hedgefundlawblog.com. Thanks for listening to Tokens of Wisdom with Dave Rothschild. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like, follow, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends about us. Well, now that all that boring regulatory analysis is out of the way, it's time for the part you've all been waiting for. The legal disclaimer. In this show, I describe laws and regulations from a 10,000-foot view. And while this should be obvious to most, I need to say it nonetheless. This show is for informational purposes only. And nothing said here constitutes legal, investment, or tax advice. If you're thinking about starting a fund or you're curious about what's involved, this show is a good resource as you explore your options. But if you're going to pull the trigger and launch a fund, please engage an attorney to assist you. Last but not least, if you have any questions about what we discussed today, feel free to send us an email at TOW at Spelled out in the show notes. 